We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome, friends. You're joined at uh, Mavs Moneyball Live. This is Kirk Henderson. I'm coming to you at 1 o'clock East Coast time, approximately two hours before the trade deadline. I told everybody last night we were going to be doing this. We already have some room requests. The room's only been open for a minute. Uh, People are in their feelings. Uh, But before we kind of start talking about some things, I want to go over, you know, what's happened today. We'll we'll start in in sort of reverse order. With, you know, earlier this morning, the Magic move moving uh, Vucevic and Amino to the Bulls for Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter, and two very protected first-round picks. Then the Boston Celtics are acquired Evan Fournier for two second-round picks, and they basically absorbed uh, uh, him into their massive trade exception, which just sort of ruled everybody else out because the, the uh, Orlando doesn't really want to take any money. Then uh, we have Orlando and Denver finalizing kind of a really good deal for Denver where they acquire Aaron Gordon for uh, Gary Clark and then, or I'm sorry, for they, they, they acquire Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark for Gary Harris and then rookie RJ Hampton, who is really terrible, and a protected 2025 first round pick. Just a steal of a deal for Denver, in my opinion. Uh, there's been another small deal with the Bulls, another small deal with the Kings we don't really care about. Uh, the Sixers are acquiring George Hill, which I think is a really interesting deal. Um, and, and then it ended up being a three-way deal with, with the Knicks getting, uh, or with the Knicks sending out Austin Rivers and then Terrence Ferguson getting rerouted from uh, Oklahoma City to New York. Then just a few minutes ago, the trade, which has kind of broke my spirit, the Toronto, uh, the Toronto Raptors sent out uh, Norman Powell to the Trailblazers in exchange for Gary Hare, Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. I'm not going to steal this tweet, but I'm not sure if everybody is aware of this, but every single Gary in the NBA has been traded today, so that's a lot of fun. 
Um, it's really, it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to invite some people up on stage here in a minute, but I just wanted to ramble for a bit before we get going. I, I want folks, the, the Mavs fans to understand that this was the most likely outcome. It's not that, you know, when you go get Chris Tapps Porzingis and you send out a 2021 and a 2023, each with protections that limits their future moves. And I don't think any player on the table today really would have moved the needle to send out a 2025 and a 2027, which is really locks Dallas into place in a huge, huge way. So I'm not super bothered by this. Where I am bothered is that what we're seeing now is the culmination of two straight off seasons of failure. Uh, The Mavericks in 2019 sent out Harrison Barnes for a huge trade exception. They had a number of guys which they could have signed on uh, in a particular order where they would have generated kind of uh, artificial cap space because you can go over the cap using bird rights to sign guys. Instead, they didn't do anything. They they t- they took Porzingis out to dinner and then free agency bypassed them. And then their big their big move was to go get Delon Wright, who didn't work. Uh, and then you know Seth Curry was fine, but they've since traded him for for Josh Richardson, who has been fine. It's just. This is, we just sort of treaded water, you know, and it's, it, I can understand why people are frustrated. I saw somebody in the chat just mentioned a few days ago, or, you know, that Mavs fans need to chill out. Yes, we do, but I also get why everybody's really grumpy. It's just sort of the nature of things. But uh, let's bring on people up on, if, if you want to uh, uh, come up and talk for a minute, feel free. I'm going to invite Javante up on stage. How you doing? It's been 12 hours since we talked. Are we feeling better or worse? Feeling worse, Kirk. We're feeling worse, man. <laughs> Well, let's get through it together. So what's going on? Ah, getting getting rough Wi-Fi on your end. Maybe it's on my end. Hmm. All right. I'm going to invite Jason up on stage, and uh, maybe we can figure out Trevante's Wi-Fi issue. Jason, what's happening? I'm don't really care about what's happening right now okay i know the math aren't gonna do anything sure this is, this is just where my head is at at this point yeah okay speaking realistically though like all these packages like eric like aaron gordon like there's no way the math would pay a first round pick plus a good player on a good contract plus another young prospect for aaron gordon they just don't have the assets for that so just, right i mean nick Vukovic, we don't have the assets for that obviously it's so like even a guy like George Hill who just got moved for two seconds. It's like George Hill is on an expiring contract. Do we really want to give up two seconds for George Hill? It's so like the seasons. Like I keep saying this, but this is a COVID season. Just write it off, stay chill. The only thing I'm interested in right now is the Magic have two guys in Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Harris that they got from these two trades, and they're trying to tank. So. I assume they're going to go out. I don't know if they can go to the Mavs, but that's the only thing I'd be really calling on at this point. I'm not really too concerned about what's happening. I mean, I, I really see, like, there. I understand the fan FOMO, though, because what happens is, and, and I honestly don't think this happens in other towns, our, our local media apparatus projects out what Donnie Nelson and Mark Cuban goes and tells everyone. And I will disagree super hard here. Okay. Like I've been, I've been in LA for the past three years and the Lakers are hilariously just, they have the media just 
controlled, and it's it's all Lakers propaganda over there. It's way worse than over. But they also have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and won a title and have made the playoffs. So there's but just have, you know, okay. There, some I'll belief. make I'll make this argument. Have the Lakers actually made good moves? Oh no, they fail up. It's like they, they got the broad from nothing. They got AD because of clutch. It's like. Like, I don't know. It's like, I feel like every front office just does this. And we're here, and we're annoyed and FOMO, and it's... Like, this I will just... Mad. Like, this is what I'm going to say. If sure. You don't mind your response. No, go Interrupting ahead. again. So, look look at what the Western Conference is going to be in three years. LeBron is aging. Kawhi and Paul George, they're older wings. They're probably going to be not as good anymore. I mean, Dame, he's probably going to age out. And you're looking at the top teams, and he's like, okay, Denver, and maybe the Pelicans, maybe Memphis. But, I mean, if you look in three years, and I do think, even if we're worried about Luka going, he's still going to be here in three years. That's just a fact. We're decently situated still. And we have to look towards, maybe we take a step back in order to take a step forward. And this is the way I'm thinking. It's like... I was actually kind of interested in selling off Tim Hardaway Jr. before the deadline, honestly. Sure, But sure. seeing what Evan Fournier got, it's just not worth it. I was like, if we can get a first for Timmy, then sure. But, I mean, Evan Fournier got two seconds, so let's just stand chill. But there's I'll, no I'll... need to go and give up future assets because the the future of this team is in three years. Yes, you have Luka. You have a responsibility to try to win now. But you have to look at what you've done. You have a sunk cost into this team. You can't just go piling bad after bad, okay? It's like, it's just unrealistic at this point. You just have to say, we fucked up a couple years ago, and we have to rebuild from that. And, I mean, I don't know if the front office has recognized they fucked up, but that's another well, story. See, that's where, that's where we are in agreement. I at least want to toss out some, some understanding between why people are frustrated in the sense of when you get bs where Donnie goes and does everything on the radio. It just gets frustrating. And it's been, you know, there was a guy in here last night. I'm not, I can't remember if you were here where he like wanted to know why the Mavericks haven't filed, fired Carlisle. And we kind of, he was a newer basketball fan, newer Mavs fan. And, and we essentially said like, look, the, the front office has failed a lot. And so that's where we're, we're kind of coming back to. And, and this wasn't going to be the time. Maybe there still is. You know, Rye asks in the chat, why am I doing this now? The honest answer is I should be working, but I'm not. Instead, I took my lunch and I'm hiding. Um, and so this is uh, the time to do it. So maybe we're going to will something wild to happen into existence. So so that's just that's just kind of the, the basis. But Jason, I, I do appreciate where you're coming from. And I agree that that now was really not the time. I, I, I conceptually don't mind the aspect of, of taking a step back to move forward. I don't know if the Mavericks will, because I just don't know. They clearly expected the team to be better than they are, like as an entire overall unit. And maybe just between COVID and between the rough schedule, maybe they will. I mean, we talked about this last night. The Mavericks can go on a real run if they don't sit Luka and KP too much. Like, they're, the, the upcoming roster is, is, is a bit brutal. All right, I'm going to bring a couple of people on stage because we have some people waiting. Uh, if you had requested and want to come back in, please send, send it again. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still getting better at this. Kurt, how are you? Hey, what's up? Not much. Well, too much, but nothing for us at least. So what do we got today? Um... Going back to what Jason was saying a little bit, I was just, uh, I know he was saying you have to take a step back to take a step forward. I just don't think Maverick fans are 
they don't want to be patient anymore because, you know, we're going on nine years without a playoff series win and this and that. So patience is running thin. But I did want to say um, a lot of people considered in the West, you know, you have the Lakers, the, the Clippers, the Suns and the Jazz as like the top tier. And we were always mixed in that second tier. After these trades, um, you're thinking Denver's got better. Blazers got better. Do you think we're still up there in that tier with them or they jumped above the Mavs? I think they jumped above the Mavs. And I also think it's fantastic that we don't have to play them anymore. Uh, at least the Blazers in particular. I need to go look at the uh, the Maverick um, schedule just to see if they play Denver one more time. I can't remember. But it, it's... It, this is really going to be about seeding. I, I think that uh, – would, would you mind muting yourself? Sorry, there's some feedback coming through. Um, and it it's really going to come I, – I, I don't see – you know, Gary Trent sort of scared me. So so they, they – as far as I'm concerned, the Blazers sort of switched two dudes out for one dude who is probably better. But, it you know, I'm not sure it moves the needle that that much. I could just be – could just be wrong here. So – We'll see w- what happens. I think that the Mavericks still kind of have an outside shot of being a top four seed, as bananas as that sounds, considering they're in the seventh right now. But there's a real chance they go on a run and do something. And then, you know, if they stand pat today, because, again, we have an hour and fi- 50 minutes, please, you know, repeatedly post in the chat. I'm, I'm monitoring Twitter, but, the you know, managing these things all at once is a little bit uh, – I'm still getting still getting good at it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, if this team can get on a run, we talked, uh, uh I want to, what was it? It was Travante who asked last night about, you know, are you really want to play one of these top four teams? The answer is no, but I also think that basketball is really a lot. There's a lot of confidence involved. And if the Mavericks can get on a roll in the second half of the year, if you look at that May schedule, those last 10 games, they could win all 10 because a number of those teams are tanking. Uh, so there's, I'm just really excited to see what could happen if the Mavs roll into the playoffs and catch a team at the wrong time. For those of us who are super longtime Mavericks fans, the 2007 Mavericks rolled into the playoffs really struggling after having at one point in the year, won 52 of 56 games. Like they were just a, a steamroller, but then they, things just stopped working for them at the perfectly wrong time. And then they ran into a team that could beat them. And so you just, you never really know what's going to happen. Um, all right, I'm going to bring up uh, Xavier. Xavier, how are you? Hey, um, am I coming? Am I coming through? Yeah, you sound great. All right, perfect. So I guess you know we haven't. You know, obviously we don't have any draft capital to make any significant moves. But I guess my worry about the team is just I don't know what the ceiling is. And I don't know how that translates in regards to the rest of the conference. I want to see what this team looks like at its peak, and what does that mean in terms of playoff success? Um, I think we were robbed of that opportunity when KP got hurt last year against the Clippers, and I really just want to see, um, not necessarily about the players on the team now, but more so in order to truly build around Luka, what type of players do we need? Do we need a center that can play alongside KP? Do we need a secondary playmaker or someone who can kind of be a combo guard next to Luka? Or do we truly need, you know, a 3 and D? At this point, I'm not really sure what, you know, where we should be looking to upgrade. So I just want to see how this team stacks against the other major players in the Western Conference and then kind of evaluate the roster based off that because I don't think we've truly seen what this team can be. I I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, 
I think that COVID really kicked them in the pants. In the next 10 to 12 games, they're going to have a real opportunity to look like world beaters, but they're also playing the weakest schedule in the league the rest of the way, which, frankly, I'm here for because I'm – you know, I certainly wonder if the Mavericks had won just kind of maybe two more games during that stretch where KP and Luka were the only NBA players actually on the roster getting minutes. Uh, shout out to to Wes Uwundu. Uh it, It's it's very, you know, what would our perceptions be if they were, you know, in the sixth seed after the uh, all-star break instead of the eighth seed? That sort of stuff is just really hard to measure. I, I think this team is not as bad as they've shown, but I don't really know what their ceiling is. I think that, that there's still a clear clear tier below everyone else. And as to your kind of comments about the, like, where do they go? I think that, that I'm, I've largely for most of my uh, blogging, rambling commentary career, want, I've focused on fit. And I think I focused on fit far too long. The Mavericks need to get good players. If they get good players, really good players, figure it out. Um, there's a lot of ways they could go. I, you know, John Collins is one guy that our fan base seems to really love, but me personally, I'm not into the idea of the Mavericks having, you know, 60 plus million dollars invested in the front court when the league's best players, the guys who seem to make the finals year in and year out are always like sort of ball handling, shooting wings. Your your Kevin Durant's your Kawhi Leonard's, you know, to a degree, your Luka Doncic's of the world. So that's, that's kind of where my head is there, but I, those guys just don't come on the market. So, so it'll be, this is, this is the summer where, where Donnie Nelson makes his money. Mark Stein said on his locker room last night that expect the Mavericks to be very aggressive. What that means, I don't know, because the summer sort of dried up in a hurry when Giannis went and the Mavericks were sort of expecting him. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, they, they expected him to make it to free agency. I, I don't know why that's kind of a crazy gamble, but, but I do like, uh, I, I do like what you're thinking. So I, I, I appreciate where, where you're coming with this. All right. I'm going to bring on, uh, let's see here, Henry, how's it going? Hi, Henry. You there? No, there we oh, go. I okay. can hear you. <laughs> okay. Perfect. How you doing, Kurt? Great. Thanks for coming on. What can I do for you? Absolutely. Uh, real quick, though, I just wanted to give you a shout out for your uh, Fleetwood Mac tweet the other day. The only <laughs> I felt so old <laughs> tweeting that. The, the only trade rumors you acknowledge is the actual rumors album from Fleetwood Mac. That's a 10 out of 10. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm totally cool standing pat today without making any moves. I mean, like you said, our schedule is pretty cupcake, so. Might as well just roll with what we got, our quote-unquote young core, as uh, GM Donnie Nelson said. Yeah. I, I, the, the fact that he called them young, granted, made like made me blush with rage, but that's you know that's neither here nor there. I, I, I just think they really want to see what they can do if they if they get a schedule where they they play some guys. So it's, I don't know. This was sort of preordained, and it's just there's so much. You know, what Jason talked about earlier about not giving up the farm for a non, you know, Denver's just in a different place. The Denver going and getting Aaron Gordon, I think, makes them, I mean, how do you defend them? They're already an outstanding offensive team, and he really brings it, if they can get him to buy into sort of a smaller role and playing sort of a defensive-minded position, one, he's going to, you know, score really easily with with Jokic, and he's going to have a great time defending with the defense that needs the help. And so it's just like things like that, like that wasn't going to help Dallas. I mean, Dallas could use him, but he would have been put in a much higher role in, in the, in the hierarchy in, in a position where I'm just not sure 
that the Mavericks would be able to maximize him. And then do you, or does anyone here really want to pay Aaron Gordon four years, 120 million? Cause that's what he wants. Um, all right. Do you have anything else, Henry? Cause I'm going to bring up, uh, I got a long, I got a laundry list of people that want to come up. I will say uh, I was surprised. One last thing, I was surprised by the fire sale that the Magic are doing. Um, Evan Fournier for two seconds. Like, wow, what is going on? The two seconds thing has to be about the fact that they don't want to bring on any additional salary. Uh, the the seconds means they they kind of got to send something. But that trade exception that they used it well. Uh, trade exceptions, as as we've been, you know, as Mavs fans, we know that they don't get used all that often. Um, time to bring on Mavs Moneyball staffer Ben. I don't know how to say your last name. Nobody, no, nobody makes fun nope. of me. Nobody does. It's Zidell. Zidell. Hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just want to kind of set expectations for people. Like I see a lot on Twitter that people don't understand the Mavs. Just they have no capital to make any trades. It took two first round picks essentially to get Luca. It took essentially three first round picks to get Porzingis. Uh, the Mavs, you know, I, I went on a full Charlie Kelly, Pepe Silva, like with the Mavs rant, you know, I I went full on, look, looked at all their transactions for like the past five years. They've never drafted someone in the second round or took one of these undrafted players that they've acquired and turned them into a first round pick like you see some of these teams, despite the fact that we've had like before last year, five years of mediocrity, they've never turned a good a good player into a first round pick or an asset. Uh, they either just ship them off, they you know, they or keep them for five years. You know, people are under the impression that Maxi is like twenty four and has places to go. He's thirty. He's you know, this is who he is. Dorian Finney Smith is twenty seven. This is who he is. Um, they just don't have a lot of appealing assets to to other teams. So I'm not surprised that they're not doing a lot right now. We can't sit here for a whole season and a half complaining about the Mavs role players not being that good and then being shocked and appalled that no other team wants them. So that's just my frustration right now. Well, you know, you want to be fans of your guys. So I I absolutely get it. The problem is, is we get, I'm going to use a term here that's not the correct term. So feel free to provide me a different term in the slack i feel gaslit by the mavericks sometimes where it's just we're told through mark talking to people and let's be clear mark cuban answers lots of emails he would answer mine if i sent him one i don't talk to mark cuban because i don't want to know what mark has to say because i constantly feel like i'm being you know what, what was the old it was bamboozled led astray like it's just the mavericks are so full of it when it comes to these moves that aren't world-breaking. You know, obviously, when you draft Dirk Nowitzki, when you draft Luka Doncic, you deserve some credit. But past, like, the Devin Harris and then Josh Howard's moves, I've not been impressed with anything the Dallas has done in the draft in a very long time. You know, Dennis Smith at nine, they did the best they could at that position and maximized him. But then, you know, they they feel like uh, someone in the chat pointed out that, that Donnie's still in 2011. Donnie and Mark are still in 2011. They've been acting like uh, the, the, the cap is different than it really, really is. And it, it's, they constantly tell us that things are, are going to be better one day. And, you know, I, if you work in politics at all, there's just a lot of political speak coming out of the Mavs for the last several years about, hey, just wait, you know, just you wait, buckle up and all that chicanery. And that's really what, feet, like, I'm not frustrated today. I'm frustrated from the past. 
So it's it's just sort of one of these things that I think we, we kind of have to get through. And the democratization of content through delightful platforms like this and the podcast that we have out there, I think we're slowly bringing the more hardcore fans with us in terms of not constantly praising every little move. Because when you trade for Chris Stapps for Zingas in 2019, the margin for error narrowed significantly because they didn't have any future assets. I believe they were correct to make the KP move as much as I will still complain about it. You have to take a chance like that, but it's still a chance. And which makes everything that happens after that scrutinized. And they have not really made a move yet outside of signing Seth Curry. That really, I thought was like, was a true, you know, uh, sort of move the ball down the field type move. Um, what else do you got for me, Ben? Cause I'm going to, a couple more folks want to come up and chat. Yeah. yeah just real quick. I mean, it, I don't want to, They've made a couple of trades that I liked at the time, like, for instance, the Rondo trade and then the Nerlens Noel trade that just didn't work out. And that cost you assets. I think somebody in the chat brought up Jay Crowder. I mean, that, he was a good pick that probably would have worked out for him. But essentially, I mean, like, I, you know, they they essentially they have made attempts to improve teams and their teams and it just hasn't worked out. And that's, you know, cost them some capital, some assets that they could have used. So there, there is that that I fall back on that I'm like, okay, fine. They've, they've tried to do some things, and it just hasn't worked out. But, again, where I fault them for is just not signing. You know, instead, in their mind in free agency, it's only, you know, they're, they're, they only want to sign a top five player or nothing. Or they just want to sign an undrafted guy or, you know, some all-star who's two years from being washed, you know. Right. And so that, that's my thing is they just don't want to do any, you know, small incremental moves. And that's what's led us to today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I'm not mad that they're not doing anything today. I'm kind of mad about the previous two or three off-seasons where they could have made incremental improvements and instead loaded up all their assets or, you know, trying to preserve cap space for a, a superstar that's probably just never going to happen, if we're going to be honest. So that's that's my frustration. Yeah, and, and you know, since I just got done kicking the front office in the teeth, I also think I also think we have to recognize some of the moves, some of the roads not traveled, where we were really excited first about, you know, Kemba Walker, who really, honestly, the it, it appears that Kemba was very Dallas due right up until Al Hortford opted out. So there's some of these things where we're kind of lucky because Kemba Walker and KP, you know, that might have worked for a year. The Mavericks might have had a shot at the title last year, but it would have been brutal so it's um it it, it's it's very difficult to to you know get too too upset because this is just sort of the path they they've taken um all right i'm gonna bring up let's see here who do we got next i'm gonna bring up lance lance what's happening lance yeah how's it going kirk good Uh, Good. well i'll say this before we get into the maverick stuff i am pleasantly surprised that the NBA trade line, you know, didn't go like the whistle in the wind. Like a lot of people were saying, there's been a lot of action. Um, maybe more than last year. I'm honestly blanking on what happened last season. But uh, getting to the Mavs, I don't really mind that they weren't going to do any deadline moves because it, it just didn't seem like they were they were going to do it. But now that, you know, Denver got Gordon and Port, uh, Portland got uh, Norm Powell, the teams that were looking to, you know, pass – in, in the playoff seedings, that worries me. I mean, Aaron Gordon, like you said, it's going to be hard as hell to defend uh, Denver in general. 
Portland, they can now at least, you know, allow Dame and CJ to, to rest a little bit more with, with the explosiveness of Norm Powell. Meanwhile, Dallas, any minutes without Luka is just, just waiting for you to lose a lead, you know, Sands last night. Uh, what do you think about it? I mean, last night was kind of revelatory, and, and you know, Kelly Kaplan tweeted about this. It was nice to see the Mavs pull through in a game which felt like a trap game. Um, for Luka to score that few points and for the Mavs to hang 128, and KP, you know, he did have 29, but it's not like he had some, like, 45-point outburst. Uh, it's – this is just going to be, you know – I think we all had very high expectations for the year and maybe the Mavericks will come back around and surprise us, but this was just not, this was not going to be the year to go in. They, they had charted this course. Um, I, I do get frustrated when I see like things through sources to Brad Townsend, the Mavs aren't interested in trading any of their top nine rotation players. Who are their nine rotation players? I can identify seven. So like that sort of stuff drives me nuts, but this was, this was just kind of the year for it to, for it to be that way. I, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how far the Mavs go there. There's, you know, when you have Luca and if KP manages to stay healthy, which everybody, you know, knock on wood and say a prayer every day, because I want, you know, not to be the negative Nancy here, but he, he's never been healthy. He's never finished a season healthy ever. So, you know, that's just a, a thing we got to live with. Um, all right. I'm going to bring up, uh, Christian on stage. Christian, what's going on? Hey brother. How you doing? Good. So, um, you know, I'm not really too worried about any of the moves that have been made or haven't been made by the Mavericks, per se. I think the thing that we're all a little anxious about is like what was just mentioned regarding, you know, Portland getting better, the Nuggets getting better, those teams that are ahead of us, which, you know, is a little bit frustrating. And I just think the one thing I'd like to see him do is at minimum add someone that can get playoff minutes. And so I thought like the Fournier move, that made sense. Um, To be honest, I would even be for trading uh, James Johnson for J.J. Redick in a protected second since it looks like he's getting bought out. Like at minimum, it's someone that can contribute in the playoffs you know, knock down some open shots. I get it. He's older, liability on defense, whatever. But, I mean, have you seen James Johnson's shot that, like, he has a crazy arc, but, like, just, oh, it's well, it's tremendously it's, bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I just think, you know, when you, we never capitalize on something like a James Johnson contract, and I get it's a weird year, but at the same time, like, look at even – um you know, players that we've had, DeLon Wright fetching two seconds, you know, uh, Harrison Barnes, I mean, he could have been traded for a first. So I think, you know, it's a little bit harder seeing those things, like in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty. But I think I, I would hope we at least, uh, whether it's attach, attaching a second, you know, getting like J.J. Redick or, you know, some kind of just bench piece that either, you know, is good on defense, brings that off the bench, or still there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, it, it blocked out for a second. But so the oh, the answer okay. is yeah. why the answer as to why this stuff didn't happen is probably related directly to value. 
And if if the Pelicans didn't want to do business with the Mavericks, or if the Mavericks weren't interested in Beret, or uh, uh, JJ Reddick's contract, that's kind of the stuff we're never really going to know because the Mavs don't leak this sort of thing. Um, I, I, it's it's just this is where you know not having any any yes you know insiders past like Tim McMahon, the Mavericks would simply say that they were happy with what they had. That's going to be, that's going to be the line. And I think that that makes, you know, that's what they've said so far. We got, you know, 90 minutes till the trade deadline and it is entirely possible that they do something, but you know, that's, that's just kind of, uh, that's just kind of the nature of what this was going to be. We talked about this for a while now. Um, I'm going to bring on uh, one more. Let's see. we got a couple more people. I have like a firm get out of Dodge here in about 15 minutes, but I'm going to bring on my friend, Don, Don, what's going on? Don, can you hear me? Don, your mic's not working. There oh, it wait. is. Can you hear me now? There you go. Awesome. Kirk, how are you? Awesome. I'll, give me, I'll make this quick. So I guess where I'm confused is where people are wanting to do the whole trade James Johnson expiring contract. I just don't see what's the value of an expiring contract if there's not a great free agent class. Well, I mean, there's no, there's no sellers is the problem. There's only 10 <laughs> teams that are really looking to get worse, and half those are convinced they're going to make the <laughs> right, exactly. And my, I guess my second question on that is defense and rebounding overrated because it seems that Drummond is very good at both of those things, and yet he's paid very well to not really do any of those, and everyone wants to buy him out. I don't know. It's just like it seems like uh, those are really good like uh, stat sheet stuffers that people get really excited about but don't really watch the games and then think that's going to contribute to like a long playoff run where what you were saying earlier, like the guys that are making the big MVP performances are usually your playmaking wings, like Durant, LeBron, AD, things like that. Um, I guess I'll just, you know, let you answer on that. But I'm, I'm thinking like right now, if we're trying to improve defense and rebounding, I don't know if that's what makes us that much better team. If that makes any sense. It does. And, and, you know, defense and rebounding are really two team stats. And, sure. and Drummond's the kind of guy who, when you look at his individual stats, his counting stats are phenomenal. But, I mean, the guy shoots so poorly around the rim that he's often playing tip drill with himself. So he gets cheap rebounds <laughs> that way. But the teams he's on aren't that good at rebounding collectively. And so it's got to be a team stat. It's why, you know, Jalen Brunson had 11 last night, which was really weird. The Mavericks mm-hmm. have to gang rebound a lot better. Defensively, I do think Drummond brings something to the table when he's engaged. He's a heck – like, if you watch some of the early Cavs games, he's he locked up Derrick Rose when Rose was still with the Pistons in a way in – in kind of a game-sealing stretch on defense, which was really cool to watch. Like, he's incredibly athletic. But he also thinks he – you know, by and large, throughout his whole career, he's never won – because he thinks he thinks he's something he isn't. So if we remember back to the DeAndre Jordan days, do you remember how many times DeAndre would try to make a cool pass and we would just scream <laughs> into the void? Drummond does that stuff yeah. too. He grabs rebounds and takes the ball up himself. I think he could help this Mavs team, but I don't think they were they were going to be willing to give up what it needs. Now that again, that could happen. That could change in the next, you know, 25 minutes we don't really know what's going on but uh yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of the gist of this um what else do you got before i bring somebody else up uh totally uh i i've read somewhere that that larry nance jr was a top 10 defensive player i I just want i that surprised me because i don't know i haven't watched too much Cavs tape i just wanted to see if you did because that that stood out to me as like you know there was guys like gobert uh you know 
LeBron, obviously, and then uh, Patrick Beverly, and then like I just saw a Larry Nance Jr. like in a top ten discussion of anything. So <laughs> I guess maybe I need to watch more Larry Nance tape. He's a really he's basically what the Mavericks wanted Dwight Powell to be. He's right. incredibly athletic. He's got great instincts. He doesn't have the high hips of Powell. He's kind of he's a very very good team defender in a area in the post which is actually quite quite difficult to um quite difficult to figure out sorry i'm moving upstairs because my wife has to work um (laughs) totally good so that's you know that's kind of the 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 main gist of of what i see so we'll you know i that's kind of why the mavericks are interested in him because uh, i think he and kp would really pair well together so Word. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Don. <laughs> See you, man. Robert, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Sure. What so, can I do for you? Yeah, the only thing I want to sort of express is sort of the dread of this upcoming free agency. <laughs> yes. And, like, I just kind of wanted the, some sort of trade to happen to kind of take the gun away from Donnie and Mark, even though they don't use the gun at all in free agency to do anything. And that's just sort of like the dread is like, hopefully there was something here to kind of help them propel into the summer because the summer is going to be light. They have all this money they want to spend. They're going to go, who knows, a restricted free agency route, wait three days to get an offer. It's going to get matched. And then they're going to be left, you know, signing their own guys, Josh Richardson, again, to a team friendly deal. Tim Hardaway Jr. And we're literally doing the exact same thing next year. And so it's just, it's, it's the dread. This is the summer they have to do something because Luca's extension is going to kick in if he he agrees to it. And so this is it. They're going to offer John Collins or Lonzo Ball or somebody a preposterous restricted free agent deal. They're going to offer Norm Powell, Gary Trent. They're going to do something. So whether that works is up in the air, but this is, that sort of existential dread you mentioned is palpable, but, you know, I do think they have some options. So I, I think that's at least worth talking about. Yeah, so. there's, there's things there. It's just, it's just the dread of them pulling the trigger and making decision and going and doing it because it's just not looking forward to it. So if, if you could do Lonzo now, I mean, I know you, they don't have the assets to do it, but the idea of getting it now done kind of, removes that ex- that that dread that's going to happen this summer. Yeah, yeah, and I and I get it, but I don't that this is where I I wouldn't be super thrilled about giving up a pick with for the for the, you know, opportunity to repay or to pay long. Totally, totally. That just is is that I would all, as much as I hate restricted free agency, I would r- much rather do that because it's like Jason talked about this at the top of the pod where he said, you know, the Mavericks may have to take either a step back or they're going to get passed up by their, by their, you know, by, by their respective uh, opponents. So, you know, we'll just see this is for right now though. I think we should try to at least look forward to the second half of the season here, because I think the Mavericks could go on a run and perception is so important when it comes to free agency and things like that. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what they do. Well, thanks for coming up, Robert. I've got to go here in about 10 minutes. So I'm going to get through as many people as we can here. Uh, I'm going to bring up Scott. Scott, how are you? Hey, hey, this is Scott. I uh, wanted to kind of go off of what Robert just said, and I, I don't think a lot of people realize that if we re-sign Jay Rich and uh, Tim Hardaway, that there is nothing left. Like, that is all of our cap space. And also, the other part of that is if, that if we want to put a big offer sheet to Gary Trent 
Lonzo Ball or John Collins. We have to renounce Jay Rich and T- Tim Hardaway. So here's my galaxy brain take is why don't we just why don't we try to sell off of Tim Hardaway and Jay Rich to get assets and then so that it when we do offer Lonzo or we do offer these guys that we don't lose out on these players for nothing. You know, I, I think we just keep doubling down and losing these assets for nothing and it just doesn't make any sense. Well, so the one thing to note when it comes with that with with the picks and re-signing guys is they can come to agreements. Um, and would you mute yourself? I'm sorry, Scott. Um, How do I mute myself? Uh, you press. It's down there in the bottom right on the app next to speaker requests. There we go. Thanks, man. So to to answer your question, it's. Now what was your question? <laughs> so. Uh, they they can sign you know they can come to agreements with their own free agents which lift the I think it lifts lifts the cap hold and but they don't necessarily have to sign an order you know where they could they have this cap space and then they might be able to come to agreements and that and that sort of thing but it the the I, I can't remember the contractual details but I do think that they will probably try to to resign both of those guys it also wouldn't shock me if Richardson went into his team deal to try to get have one more good year because thus far through the year, he's probably not had the year he had expected. So I, I think it's a good point. I mean, I, I'm all for like, I'm just, I don't really care about defense, even though I should, I would love to see like a team of three point bombers to surround Luca, like Gary Trent and Tim Hardaway jr. Sounds horrifying from a defensive point of view, but would also be really fun because we wouldn't have to watch Dorian Finney Smith miss things in the corner quite so often, but you know, they're going to do something. This is the year. Uh, whether it's something that we like is up in the air, but they, they really don't have a choice. So so that's that's kind of where we're going with this. Yeah, let, let me just kind of piggyback off of that. Yeah, I understand the cap situation pretty well. If, I don't. Jay Rich's, <laughs> Jay Rich's cap hold is 17.6, and so if we keep him on and renounce everybody else, then we can offer up to four years $77.8 million to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the max. So to get to Lonzo or Collins or Trent, and I think you have to – renounce Jay Rich's bird rights. And so then you could you could come to an agreement in advance and s- to Jay Rich and say, hey, we're going to pay you $20 million a year starting off. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily do that. but And then you could, like you said, make the order such that he only counts at 17.6, but you can't open up more cap space than that unless you're getting rid of Dwight Powell, which is the only other big salary we have next year that yeah. is, 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 is anything. And so yeah. I just don't know how they're going to be able to, if, if you offer Alonzo or any of the restricted, you have to have already gotten off the money, you know, so you could lose the bird rights and then get matched and be left with nothing. I, so this is going to sound ridiculous, but I do think that the Mavericks actually have a reasonable chance of moving Dwight Powell, be it before in the next hour plus or sometime in the off season. Um, there's been enough between what I've talked about with, you know, kind of behind the scenes with my, my friends who do reporting, that there's interest in buying low on a guy like Powell because his, you know, Achilles injuries are two years. You know, he didn't, you know, yeah, he scored 16 points last night, but he still doesn't really have much explosion, but you know, that we've seen that kind of come back. Like, I don't know if anybody remembers the late Elton brand years with the Mavericks. I remember this one incredible block that he had on James Harden at the end of a game. Like there's still some hope for him. And and Powell was such an analytics darling. So I, I think there's an outside chance that they move him, but then that might take an asset to get let go of. It's it's really hard to say, but you're right. So this is going to be really uncomfortable. And part of me, I'm either going to have to learn math, or I'm going to, or I'm just going to have to stop talking about it because free agency is going to be is going to be just nuts. But thanks for coming up. All right, I got a few more minutes left. I'm going to invite uh, 
Payment up on stage. How you doing, man? Hello. Yep. Sound good. Hello. How you doing, Kirk? I'm I'm okay. I've gotten two yeah. calls from my boss, so I probably should call him back. But hey. okay, well, well I'll, let you, I'll let you get back to work. But I, I just wanted to voice a little bit of, I guess, a frustration I had with the Mavs front office. I mean, I know you're pretty, you know, optimistic. It seems of, of the off season, but for me, I just, I, I guess, what I'm tired of is that the Mavs front office like keeps treating us like we're dumb for for wondering what what they're doing, and this whole line of like, you know, our players are young and we like our continuity. It seems like the last two off seasons they've spent their time doing nothing meaningful, and like at this point, it's like of course, whenever you're, you th- they think their guys are something they're not, and when they when we get these hilarious trade offers that the Mavs are giving people, it, it sounds like some stuff I've I've done on two K where you override the trade settings to get whichever guy you want. So I, I just kind of wanted to know, like, what your opinion was about it. I mean, I have to kind of talk lightly about this because I don't want to say anything that's too offensive because the fan person in me is 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 very tired of, of, of the Mavs assuming that I'm dumb, which when you re-sign two guys that you brought in, you know, like Willie Cauley-Stein, who might not be in the league, and then you have, um, what, what's the our other small guard from the, from the bubble's name? Um, Trey Burke. Trey Burke, sorry, I, my brown tired. Uh, you know, when you bring in two guys like that who are journeymen at this point at best, and expect us to just you know go along with it, I'm not sure what they what they really you know what the goal. They talk about how much they like the continuity of this team, but really, this is the same team as last year in really real ways. So it's very frustrating from my perspective, and I think that that will come. You know, if they don't do something this summer, that bill comes due pretty quickly. Uh, where people, you know, are going to be very fed up because they've watched other teams get better and the Mavericks mostly, you know, they have Luca and Luca elevates you so much. Uh, he really elevates the floor to where it makes it almost impossible for them to be like legitimately bad. Then KP is the real ceiling raiser and he's just such an X factor because when he is playing good, the Mavericks look unreal. I want to say the Mavericks have won like 60 to 65% of their games with both of them in the lineup, but it's hard to have him in the lineup every night. His body, it's not his fault that his body's like this. I mean, the man trains and works hard, but he's still seven foot three and just has kind of a weird physiology. So it's, it's tough. I I just don't know um, what, what it's just when, when you constantly kind of feed this notion of, of, Oh, well, you've got to, wait for what's next and then what's next ends up being you know nothing like and you know they traded for james johnson and moved some pieces like justin jackson who i made fun of all the time and now there's just likely not a buyer for for james johnson i don't i don't blame them for that i just sort of you know some of this is like a mix of our expectations getting too high because we really believe in luca and then them needing as an as a business to project forward and be super positive. So so I understand why you're frustrated though. Yeah, I think for me it's like, you know, and I don't mean to like dog on our players, you know. I, I they're fine. It's just I think you mentioned it before. They're they're really just expected to do w- things that are just way above what they're capable of. Yeah. So for us it's just like uh, it seems like an accumulation of just uh like really nonchalant behavior from the past two off seasons that is now coming to bite us in the ass where you've got you know, part of the people in the chat saying, hey, you know, I mean, they're upset about not making a trade. But then there's a part saying, hey, well, we don't have the assets. But I think both kind of leads to this, like, just like it's a kind of a frightening, nonchalant 
like behavior coming from the Mavs front office where they're just like, you know, we're, we're fine, guys. Like this is, you know, we've got this, like trust us type of uh, mentality. Well, the trust us has been going on for 10 years. They ruined Dirk's post championship prime. And, you know, Dirk had a part in that, frankly, because he's the one who wanted to trade for Rajon Rondo. But there's just, you know, I would say that this off, this right now, this moment today is more about the culmination of the previous seasons than it actually is about what they do and don't do today. You know, someone in the chat asked, you know, what have the Mavs done to make, you know, to, to, to imply that we're dumb as fans? Well, you know, I don't know if you guys remember Mike Fisher and Dallas basketball really touting uh, the opportunity for the Mavs to go sign Mike Conley. And then uh, who's the the center that's up in Portland right now? Whiteside, which is like that was never going to be a thing. And and we're always just, you know, chasing these pipe dreams instead of building a team. And, and you know, the fact that they landed KP, I mentioned earlier, like narrows their their margin for error. I mean, realistically, we're in a pretty awesome place. We didn't we went through like a two and a half year rebuild. Like this is this is whining for whining's sake because we're kind of spoiled after fifteen right. years of Dirk. So so I mean that's just that's kind of where I am with it. But uh, I I do understand your frustration. So 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 definitely hear that. Um, let me see here. I had looking at the time here, guys. I'm gonna have to get out of Dodge here, but I wanted to um, just make note. You know, I appreciate you joining me. We got an hour and fifteen minutes till the trade deadline. Something could happen, and maybe this whole show was was for nothing. Um, I, I do kind of implore you guys to not be like me on Twitter where I live and die with every single play. I really love this team. So what happens like coming next, I think we should all, you know, try to just remember that we have Luca and that kind of cures a lot of stuff. Um, if you're interested this, uh, you know, go to our podcast, uh, look up Mavs Moneyball podcast where we have a few different options. We, we put a number of different things in the feed. Uh, me and Josh Bow are on after most games, though he's taking some personal time right now. So I'm doing uh, these game. I'm doing a lot of these post game locker rooms. Follow me on here, and hopefully, you know, something interesting for Dallas happens in the next uh, next 45 minutes or to an hour or so. So we will. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of trade deadline. Try to get some work done if you're at work, and we'll talk soon. Everybody, have a good day. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.